take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, the 16th chapter. Acts chapter 16. Very familiar story, but it's one one of the stories that I love. Uh, And I've read it many times over, and it seems like I get something new each time I read about it. Acts chapter 16, I want you to start uh, in verse number 22. Of course, the story is Paul and Silas are in jail. They're in prison. Remember, we've been going through prison experiences. We looked at uh, the prison experience of Joseph. Joseph uh, taught us a number of things in his prison experience. First of all, uh, he did not deserve to go to prison. He was living uh, a righteous life. He, uh, he was serving the Lord, but uh, the Lord allowed him to go into the prison. And what we learned there in Joseph's prison experience is that when things get uh, difficult and when it seems like uh, evil has come, God will always turn it around for good. And we saw how Joseph's faith got solidified. We also saw that while he was in prison and because of his prison experience, God promoted him. And then we saw Samson. Now Samson's prison experience was a little bit different than Joseph. Samson deserved to be in prison because of a disobedience. Remember, he was a Nazarite and he violated uh, some of the laws there uh, of uh, Nazarite. Uh, and uh, he had a problem uh, with his flesh. And because of that, uh, God uh, allowed him to be in prison. And that prison experience was to help bring correction in his life. Sometimes God allows us to be in a prison to get our attention. And we saw that even though it didn't turn out well, uh, the last thing that we saw with Samson is he still wanted to do something for God. Here tonight, we're going to look at Paul and Silas. We know the story. They're thrown in prison. And they're thrown in prison because they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why they got thrown in. They were doing God's will. They they were uh, seeing people saved. Lydia... Uh, and, and Philippi was where they were at. Uh, Lydia was one of the ones that got saved. And also, before you get to verse number 22, we see that uh, they also ex, uh, uh, cast it out. Remember, the woman uh, was a soothsayer. And uh, they were making money off of her. And so they went. And the Bible says that they cast out that spirit That helps me to believe that uh, whatever she was involved in, witchcraft or or, what a source or whatever what you want to put on her, it was demonic. And so they cast that spirit out of her and the men that were making the money off of her got really ticked off at Paul and Silas. So Paul and Silas find themselves in a prison, not because uh, they were disobedient, not because they had committed a crime, just the simple fact that they were doing what God told them to do. They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they were casting out uh, demonic spirits. And so that's where we're at. And I want you to start looking at verse number 22. Everybody there? Some of you are, okay. It's in the uh, New Testament. Okay, here's what the Bible says. And it says, And the multitude rose up together against them, Paul and Silas, and the magistrates. Uh, They sent off, uh, they, uh, they rent off their clothes 
and they commanded to beat them. Now, here again, uh, Paul and Silas, they got in trouble for doing what God had told them to do. They were in God's will. And now they're upset at the crowds turning against them. Uh, the ones that are in a leadership position there, uh, they are ripping their clothes off and they commanded them to beat them. So not only are they getting thrown in prison, they're getting the beating before they even get there. And then verse number 20, and when uh, the three, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, we're not just talking about a couple leagues. We're talking about a multitude of stripes. I mean, we're talking about a beat down. They're getting a beat down. Physically, they're being beat down. Why? Because they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so many stripes upon them. They cast them into prison and charging the jailer to keep them safely. Verse 24. And uh, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet, uh, made their feet uh, fast in the stocks. So not only are they thrown in prison, they're thrown in the inner prison. We're going to look at that in just a few moments. They also now are shackled and chained. Okay? Now, understanding... They've done nothing wrong. They haven't done nothing wrong. They're, they're preaching the gospel. They're seeing people getting saved. I want you to know, when people are getting saved and when God is at work, that's when Satan will come with full force. I'm just telling you, there will be opposition. One of the things that we've heard says, I just understand why it seems like we're always in a struggle. It seems like nothing, uh, it's always, always upside down. I want you to know, if you're ever in a church where nothing's happening, and Satan doesn't care about that kind of church, where he wants to come against the church is when the church is doing what the church has been called to do, and that's to evangelize the lost and edify the saints. And when the church is doing what it's supposed to do, Satan's going to show up and he's going to do everything he can to disrupt it. And so the, the cast, verse 25, and at midnight, now this is when it really gets good. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were sitting there in the corner saying, woe is me. Nobody loves me. God, not, God doesn't care. No, that's not what it says. It says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Now watch this. They prayed, and they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. I don't know. It gets even better. And suddenly. Now, you notice the sequence here. They prayed. They're praising. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands or shackles, chains were loose. I love that story. And here tonight, we're going to look at three things. In this prison that Paul and Silas find themselves in, we're going to see it was a place of misery. 
Second of all, we're going to see it's a place of ministry. And thirdly, we're going to see it's a place of majesty. As we've been going through the prison experiences, we all find ourselves from time to time in that situation. So the first thing that we're going to see after they were accused, after they were arrested, I want you to look at verse number 24. It says that they were cast into the inner prison. The first thing that we're going to see is that they are not just in any kind of a prison. Now, see, here's our concept of prison is far different than what we're going to see here in the Scripture. When I'm talking about they're thrown into the inner prison, it was probably a dungeon. It was very dark. It was damp. Now, I'm not trying to get too graphic with this, but what they, they didn't get out for exercise. Now, in the modern prison system, we see that they have so much time that they can go get out in the yard and, you know, they can work out or whatever the case. No, 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 no. They, when they got thrown into the prison, that's where they stayed. They didn't get out for good behavior. They didn't get out for medical reasons. They were there and they were there until they either died in prison or they were released. And so the picture here is it's a miserable place. Can you imagine being thrown in? Now, the word cast and thrown, the word actually means to throw something with no regard to where it's going to land. So I'm talking about a violent. Now, they've already been beaten. And so here's the picture. They were cast. They were just thrown in there. And they either hit a wall, whatever. They didn't care how they landed. They didn't care if they hit the wall and they knocked themselves out or killed them. They just, they was, it's a violent act. It's not something like, well, would you just go ahead and walk in? It was a, they were in a miserable place. It was dark and there was no hope there in that prison. No daylight would come in. It was damp. And they had, when they went to the bathroom, I mean, I mean, I'm just telling you, it was a nasty, dirty place. And they were there simply because they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people were getting saved. And there were some that did not like that. But here, the picture that we need to get tonight is, sometimes we find ourselves in a miserable place, do we not? Sometimes we go through trials and tribulations. Sometimes we go through heartache. Sometimes we go through trouble. Sometimes we go through a dark place in our life. But we're not to be saying, why Why do I have to go through that? Because the Scripture tells us, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, Solomon paints a picture. Now, it's a, a, a picture all through the book of Ecclesiastes until you get the end of that book. But Solomon described it like that. He, this is his words. He said, I hate life because of the work and the labor that I put into it. Because the work and our labor that I put into it is all in vain. Ever been there? Been there where it said, what's the use? I mean, I've tried to live right. I've tried to do things that would be pleasing to the Lord. And here I am in a miserable place. Jesus also gave us warning. He says in John chapter verse 16, verse number 23, chapter 16, 33, He says, in me you will find peace, but in the world you will find trouble. May we understand tonight that we are still in this world. But we're in this world not to be of the world. 
But it's hard, is it not? That when we are here in this sin-cursed world, when you pick up the newspaper or you turn on the 5 o'clock news or the 6 o'clock news, they always start out with nothing but bad news. You ever notice that? And it seems like each station is trying to say, okay, let's see how depressing we can get right from the beginning. And they talk about the killings. There's a killing or killings going on every day. And you say, well, that's in Nashville. My dear friend, that's not only in Nashville. And we're looking and we're seeing. Uh, and, and I just the other day, I started uh, watching some news and talking about a, a, a murder-suicide. And, and now I'm hearing more of this. This used to be a quiet neighborhood. Oh, nothing like this has ever happened in this neighborhood. I've been living in this neighborhood for 30 years. But now... It seems like I'm worried about even stepping out of my house. I'm locking my doors. I'm investing in security systems. And I used to be in a neighborhood where everybody looked after everybody. My dear friend, those days are behind us. We're living in troubling times. We're living in times that we, if we're not careful, we will feel like we're imprisoned and we've been in chains. Is it not a shame that when you go off shopping, the first thing you're thinking about is how safe will it be? And many of us won't go by ourselves anymore and certainly not after dark. Is that not a shame that we live in times like this? But the Bible has been telling us and been warning us in the latter days, perilous times will come. My dear friend, you don't have to be a, a Bible scholar. You do not have to be a theologian to understand if you open up the Word of God, then you look into the world in which we live, it's matching right up to what Scripture says. Well, you will know when it's the season when these things happen. These things are happening. And so here, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. It's a miserable place. But I want you to look in verse number 25. In verse number 25. Not only is it a miserable place, but it's also a place of ministry. Notice what it says. He says, at midnight. At midnight. Some of you are in a midnight hour. Things are... Uh, difficult. Uh, you don't understand why you're in a situation like this. You're getting uh, bad news uh, from your doctor or whatever the case may be. And you find yourself and you're looking around and says, I didn't expect this to happen, but we find that place. But I want you to see uh, that we also, Paul and Silas, they had a ministry. In verse, it says, in that midnight hour. Now, in the midnight hour, when no one is around, in the midnight hour when you lay your head down and you can't sleep at night because of the stress that's been brought on because of your situation or the prison you find yourself in. Uh, you, you, you're tossing and turning and you don't say, well, I can't call because it's too late to call on someone. You've been there? You've been there where you're just really restless and you're thinking, boy, I could really use a friend now. Been there. Many of you have been there. And if you haven't been there, 
Go ahead, get ready, you will be. And so here in the midnight hour. Now, we do not know what they were doing, but they were in trouble. They look around and they say, we don't deserve to be here. And it's a dark and a, a dismal place. But they didn't wait around to hear in times of trouble, Mary, Mary, brother, Mother Mary comes to me offering words of wisdom, let it be. They didn't need that kind of stuff. Some of you know what I'm... It's a song out there, let it be. And I, I heard it just the other day. And I'm thinking, I don't want Mother Mary to come to me when I need a friend. I, I don't need Mother Mary to come to me when I'm in times of trouble. And so here's what they did. The Bible says their place of pain because they prayed has now come a place of praise. By the way, it will work for you as well. When you find yourself in a painful situation, won't you just go ahead and start praising him? I'm telling you, things happen when we praise and so he prayed, and it now becomes a, 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 a worship service, if you will. Now, we don't know any song that they were singing. Uh, I can think of a lot of songs that I uh, could sing. I've uh, gone, and there are songs that, you know, you ever had this experience where you just have some things going on in your life, and, you, you know, you got some trouble going on. Uh, doesn't it seem... Um, like, just at that time, a song will pop into your head, pop into your heart, and you just start singing a song. It might be a, one of those old songs that you grew up on, or maybe it's a more uh, contemporary song. I thought about songs in the time of midnight, when, when you really needed some encouragement, when, when you needed to have your spirits lifted up. And, and I thought, you know, many of the songs that we know are songs that were written in dark situations. That song that we sang this morning, It Is Well With My Soul. Do you realize the one that wrote that song had just lost his family at sea? And the, the story goes is he's setting sail. They were on their way to France. The, he was on another liner to go and get arrangements and all that. And about the place where that ship, where his daughters and his wife, I believe, went down, this song came to his mind. A very dark time for him. His family's gone. And he starts to write those songs. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. But I thought about a more contemporary song. Now, I don't know always the artist. I had to ask, uh, you know, well, who wrote that? Uh, who, who's singing that song? And, and Rebecca helps me with that because she's always playing something, you know, that uh, helps broaden my horizon, musically speaking. And uh, so uh, there, there was a song, and it's by a, a, a young lady. And it is, uh, Thy Will Be Done. And if I'm not mistaken, it was written by a young lady who had lost a child. And the song, and I'm thinking, that song was birthed out of a dark, dark place in her time in life. Then I thought about another song. I really like this, and I'm going to go ahead and record. Libby, you need to get somebody to sing this one. David Crowder. 
Now, some of his stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I don't know about this. But then, but he has a red letter. You know, see, red letter talks about his uh, when he was dark, when he was lost, and then he says, "Then I read the red letters." And that song was birthed out of a painful experience. And so what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is you may find yourself in a prison and it's a painful place. It's a place of misery, but you can turn it into a ministry. And notice what Paul and Silas do. It says, when they prayed. Now, again, we don't know with a song, but I'm pretty confident the song didn't go like this. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. I don't think they were singing that song. They were singing praise to the Lord Jesus. And they were lifting His name up. They were bringing glory to Him. I'm telling you, as I made mention this morning, the lost world doesn't really care what's coming out of your mouth but they really pay attention to where you're living. And they're really not concerned about what you say about how good God is when everything's going well in your life. When no, but when you find yourself in that prison, when you find yourself in heartache, when you find your time of pain and you're still able to praise the Lord, that's when they'll start to take notice. The Bible says Paul and Silas at midnight prayed and after they prayed, they started singing praises. And the Bible says... Everybody in the jailhouse heard what they were doing. And that started to make a difference in their lives. And so we see that the prayer uh, and praise. But I like what Spurgeon said. Spurgeon said it this way. He says, any fool can sing when you can read the notes in the daylight. But it takes a skillful singer to be able to sing when there's no light. And then he goes on and says, and the songs that come to you at night are the songs that are brought to you by God. Only God can bring you a a song in the midnight hour. And so here it turned into ministry. But the last thing that we're going to see tonight is that we're going to see it was also a place of majesty. Listen to what it said. After they prayed, the Bible says an earthquake started to shake that jail. And it shaked it uh, and things started happening. The doors started opening up. Now, there's more to the story. We know that uh, the jailer who was supposed to be keeping watch over them, he was getting upset because he looked up and he saw the doors open. He thought, oh man, I've lost my job. And so he went and took the sword and he was going to kill himself because he said, I'd rather take my life because when they find out I let these prisoners escape on my watch, they're going to kill me anyway. But the Bible says that when they went... Paul and Silas said, hey, don't fret over it. We're still here. (laughs) I don't know about you, but here's the the jailers coming and says, why are you still here? Now, that's what I would think. Man, you had a time to get out of this jail. You had a time to leave this pain that you're experiencing. You had a chance to go ahead and be set free, but you've decided to stay put. What is wrong with you? But notice, he looked at them and he said, 
What must I do to be saved? Now watch this. It's a lesson here for us. When you find yourself in a prison and you experience the pain and the misery, but you also understand that you can turn it uh, uh, into something that will bring glory to Him, you can be like Paul and Silas and say, Lord, I really did want to get out of here. But if by me staying where I'm at brings glory to you, I'll stay and put. Wow. Wow. And I'm going to go ahead and be quite honest with you and transparent with you. When I first got my diagnosis that I was losing my eyesight, I said, Lord, I need you to heal my eyes. Many of you have prayed for me, and I appreciate that. But this place in time where I'm at, and I've seen how the glory of God and how His grace has been sufficient for me, I've come. Now, I'm, not, I'm going to tell you, it took me a while to get there, okay? Don't, don't, don't say, oh, look at Mike. I, I'm not, this is not Mike, okay? This is about Him. Amen. This is, has nothing to do. I'm just sharing with you that I, yes, I would like to be restored to my eyesight. Yes, I would love to be able to get behind the wheel and be able to drive and do what I want to. Yes, that would be a wonderful thing. But I have come to a point in my life, and by the way, you will come to a point in your life as well, that where God, if it means that your glory and and, and I can exalt you by having the disease that I have of my eyes, just go ahead and let me be where I'm at and don't heal me if you go bring glory and honor to you. That's exactly what Paul and Silas did. And some of you are going through difficult times. And I understand the heartache that you've gone through. You would would not believe some of the stuff that some of our people are having to deal with and, and, and having to deal with on a daily basis. I'm talking about some real dark, deep wounds. But I'm telling you, the lost world is really going to take notice when they find out your story and they find out that your healing hasn't come the way you would like it to come. But you're still praising God and you're still sharing a witness with God and you're still saying God is good and His glory and all of it goes to Him because He saved my soul and if He never brings a healing upon me, He still gets my praise because one day I will get my healing. When I see him face to face, Paul and Silas said, it means that if somebody will get saved, keep us in here, God. And that jailer comes to them and he says, what must I do to be saved? He didn't come to them when they first got thrown in there, but he got in there when he saw that he could have easily walked out, but they chose to be there and they heard praises from them. And he said, something's going on. They got something that I need. They don't come to you when everything's going well, but they will come to you when everything's going wrong. And you still have a testimony that he's king of kings and he's Lord of Lords. And he has saved me. And he has given me not only eternal life, but he's given me life more abundant. Amen. So I thought about this. We're closing. I thought about this. What would take place if we, in our prison experiences, 
Just start it praising Him. Just start it praising Him. Start giving Him glory and honor. And what would happen if He shows up and He starts to shake this place? I thought about some things that it needs to be shaken. First of all, some of the things that need to be shaken here uh, at Hillcrest is that the, the complacency that we have become. We've gotten too comfortable. We've gotten too used to status quo. And here's my prayer. And I prayed on a daily basis. God, shake us out of our complacency. There's people that are lost and dying and going to hell. And we need to be shaken out of our complacency. But there's somebody here. There's somebody here that has pain in their life and heartache in their life. Something that we cannot even imagine having to go through that you're going through. But why don't you just go ahead and praise and bring glory to Him and say, Lord, would you shake this chain that has bound me, that has made me immobilized. When I'm going through this, Lord, I'll quit serving you. I'm not passionate for you like I used to be. Why don't you just go ahead and say, Lord, shake this pain from me so I can be set free so I can go and serve you better. But I've already made mention of it. Could it be? Say, Lord, Lord, if this pain is going to be useful to you and bring glory to you, just let me stay where I'm at and go ahead and shake those who need to be shaken. Shake their hard hearts. Shake uh, their apathy. Shake. Oh, and we can go on and on and whoa. See, here's what I've come to conclusion is. We just need a whole lot of shaking going on. That's a good song title right there. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. And so here, Paul and Silas, they understood that they were in a place of misery, not because of disobedience, not because God was trying to get their attention, but because God was wanting to receive glory. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's tough to come to a place in your life to where you're saying, Lord, if you never do anything else for me, I'm still praising you and I'm still giving you glory and all honor goes to you. May I remind you, all of this is temporary. What we have waiting for us will last for all eternity. And so, very quickly, we see here that he said, just go ahead and shake the place up. I can't help but think when that jailer came to them, there's Paul and Silas. I mean, they're just sitting there, dark place. Man, they're just shouting the glory down. And says, oh, praise the Lord. And then here comes that jailer. And they said, hey, we hadn't left. We're right here. My dear friend, I started thinking about this. Okay, watch this. Started thinking about this. There's been some opportunities in my life that I should have went through the door of, but I chose not to because I was afraid to. I'm just being honest with you. Opportunities to go, and I chose not to go. 
And I think about that and I thought, well, wonder what blessing that I just lost. Now, I'm talking about some difficult things. I'm talking about, even though I was in prison ministry for quite some time, there were some places I did not want to go in that prison. I'm just going to be honest with you. Now, I don't care what, what you think prison is. There are some places I don't want to go in. But there's also some neighborhoods. Stay with me. There's some neighborhoods that we've already made up our mind that we're not going to go in. Why? Because we're afraid. I, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Brother Mike, you, you do understand. They kill people there. You, you understand that they, there's no problem that they would go ahead and put a 38 to your head or a, a clock to your head. They, they have no, no problems with that. They do that. And you're, you're saying that you really felt Lord calling you to go into a place like that? You're out of your mind. Now watch this. I'm not saying just go out and be foolish and have blind faith. I mean, he did, God's given some common sense, right? But I'm saying if God has sat down on you and God's directed you and God said, here's an opportunity for you to go and win somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ and you know if it's of God and you are disobedient, you've lost a blessing there. And I've lost many blessings because I was not obedient to do what God told me to do. We live in a community that's lost. We live in a community where you could wind up in a bad spot. I understand all of that. But I also know if we don't go, who will? If we're not going, who will? And I believe with all my heart if we're going to turn this community upside down, we got to quit picking and choosing what neighborhoods we're going to go into and what neighborhoods we won't go into. And I'm not going ahead and I'm not putting anybody under the bus, but do you understand? In the downtown areas, many churches are leaving the scene. Why? Because the neighborhood has changed. So, we're here by accident. God has placed this church here for a reason. And if we're not careful, we're going to be disobedient to not the opportunities that God has given us right here at our doorsteps. So here, Paul and Silas, it was a place of Misery, it was a place of ministry, but it was also a place of majesty. You may find yourself in a prison tonight, but I got good news for you. The Lord Jesus has already given you a promise that He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you every step of the way. And He'll give you strength to be able to carry on. But you have to be, and I have to be, Willing for Him to use us by being obedient to what He's told us to do. This invitation is our 
First of all, if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have an opportunity to get that taken care of before you leave here tonight. It's a Sunday night crowd. I understand that. Many of you have testimony that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But you also could be honest and say, you know what? I've missed out on some opportunities that God had afforded me. And because of my disobedience, I didn't step through the doors that he opened to me. Because I let Satan get in here and convince me that I didn't need to go through that door. Knowing that God had already opened the door. Also, you may find yourself in a prison tonight. You have a problem that nobody else knows about. You don't sleep well at night. You're stressed out because of the situation. You're, you're hurting so bad. And you've cried over the situation so much that you can't cry anymore. Now you can put on a happy face. Everybody thinks you've got it all together. But my dear friend, let's go ahead and set the record straight. There is not a one single person here tonight that has it all together. We all have issues. We all have problems. But what we need to be doing is doing what Paul and Silas did. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and praise Him. And also coming to a point in our life to where we're saying, Lord, if this will bring glory to You, I'm good with that. I'm good with that, Lord. God is faithful. God will see you through. But here's the blessed hope that we have tonight. It might not get fixed down here, but it'll be fixed when we get there. Praise the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.